Welcome, welcome back to She Can Talk, the podcast. I am your host, Colleen, a.k.a. Gangali MC on Instagram. If you're looking for that music, we got that new video out, obvious, hey. Or Colleen Eat Wings on Instagram as well if you want to see what I be cooking, what I be eating, what I be sampling. Or you can just go over to doughrecords.com. You can get everything over there, the links for the podcast, links for the um cooking stuff, as well as if you would like to book me for shows, you can go over there to doughrecords.com. Yo, how y'all been? So the last time we spoke, I released the video obvious. If you liked it, tell me how you did. If you didn't like it, did you tell a friend? So you know how I do. I hope you all liked it out there. Thank you all for um hitting me up. I did. I was able to give away... Two of the HelloFresh giveaways. Unfortunately, it expired since then, but um, HelloFresh has hit me up and said, yo, we can do another one if you want to. So I will keep you can, you know, posted on that. I might save it for like more towards the holiday time, but it was successful. So shout out to the two winners that got their, um, their prizes. I'm actually, I don't want to tell you their names. The reason why, because they prefer to be private. So we'll leave it at that, but shout out to you. You know who you are. You can actually figure it out because they followed instructions. They went over to YouTube. They left some comments. They came over to Instagram. They DM'd me. They did everything that we asked them to do. And so thank you. And shout out to you too. Um, also shout out to everyone else though, that is sharing the video who is, um, liking the video, commenting on the video, you know, just giving me some good words on the video. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. We have many more stuff coming for you guys. That's why I'm all over the place. Okay. That is why it's a lot of inconsistency on the podcast. I apologize, but I am here. So it is Sunday. I know I said I'm not going to really date the days for you guys like that in the episodes, but today is a good day. It's a Sunday. The sun is shining. We are up. And, um, I just watched the most amazing show last night. Um, Triller versus three weekend. I think that's what it's called. So shout out to Swiss beats. Hey, shout out to Timbaland. Shout out to versus fight TV Triller. OMG. If y'all didn't catch that last night, I know everyone tonight is looking for the KRS one big daddy Kane battle. And I am not going to discuss that because really and truly I'm so hyped. I'm more than likely going to come back in the next few days and give my review on that. However, right now, what I want to touch on is what happened last night. Oh my goodness. So much, so much greatness in the house. Legends mixed with new legends you know or up and coming legends i should say performing it was dope so just to give you a quick rundown it was the first night of the Trilloversers weekend i believe it was the first night maybe friday night but the first night i don't know but last night they had at the barclay center in brooklyn the um showing like versus icon concert which starred super cat if anybody knows super cat you know no said he is one of my favorite Jamaican artists from since I was a youth. I'll come up, you know? So if you, oh man, Red Hot, Ghetto Red Hot, that's my joint. You know what I'm saying? The joints that he did with Puffy and Biggie early out, my joint. Like he's a classic, classic example of like, I don't know, like my heritage. Like for example, New York Jamaicans. Like people that maybe, I don't know, I'm not going to say he lived in New York, but growing up, you couldn't have told me that Supercat didn't live in New York. So I'm going to say he lived in New York. Reason being, he just embodied it. Like the, a Jamaican in New York, right? So as a result of that, when his music dropped, New York gravitated to it. And not just Jamaicans in New York, everyone. Brooklyn, 
particularly, but everyone gravitated to him. You know, he was just like the shit. In addition to him, we had, uh, you know, just numerous reggae artists hitting you back to back on the radio with stuff with the dub play at them. You know, y'all go, go to dance and you hear the play at them, the dub play at play. So you would have like shabarangs. You would have, um, Jesus, a whole heap of them, you know, Buja Bantan, Barrington Levy, Lieutenant Stitchy, you have um Super Cat, Junior Cat, you know, this is before Sean Paul, but young Sean Paul was out there too, you know what I'm saying, it was like so much hot music in like the, you know, late 80s, early 90s, like my uncles and them, they would actually, my one of my uncles was real close friends with Shinehead. To the point that, like, when my grand, you know, when I had, like, a um, grandparent that died, Shinehead was at the funeral. When an uncle in Jamaica passed, who was, like, an elder, Shinehead flew out and was there. They were close, you know? And um, they went on tours together. Like, my uncle was with was like his homie on tours with him and everything. So, big up to Shinehead. He's another one that embodies, like, the New York Jamaican, you know? So, I seen all that growing up, you know? And I've been a part of it. Like, I, that's my life. That's, like, before hip-hop, honestly, this is me. You know, my uncles will come back from the tours and bring the the tapes, like the Sting tapes and the um, Reggae Sunsplash tapes. And, you know, those VCR tapes. So we popping them in as, as kids, watching this for hours. You know, them like, go to bed, time for bed. How long on in here? I'll watch this tape. <laughs> you know, say like our grandmother, bad. Like, we've been in there all night. And honestly, for me, that's where I learned how to perform. Watching Reggae Sunsplash, watching Sting, you know, watching all of those shows and, and experiencing it from like a youth. Like, you know, hip hop was secondary, I say, because this was first in my house, right? And then, like, um, when I would come home from school, shout out to Uncle Ralph McDaniels. He, you know, groomed me. He was like my after school care set sitter or daycare sitter, if you want to say, because, you know, you come home from school and, you know, if you're a New York kid, nine times out of ten, you're like a latchkey kid. I really wasn't a latchkey kid because my great granny was in the house with us. But, you know, so she'll cook food and she'll tend to things. So she not P.S. No mind. So we in the living room. We, you know, we watching video music box in the afternoons, boom, boom, boom. But on the weekends, you know, like my uncle will come through and drop off a tip or, um, or a sun splash tape, and about mm, you know, cause I he I used to love Lieutenant Stitchy, like his live show, cause he was almost like a Jamaican beatboxer at times, like nee, 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 and make the little noises with his mouth and stuff, like before Missy Elliott. So as a kid, you know, all the animation, I was hype, like yo. So he like mm, put in the tape, shine head Stitchy, everybody put in the tape. So we watching the joint, we watching up and coming artists, we watching people that one hit wonders, you know, all type of stuff, and just watching a live performance, ah. So shout out to once again versus because they gave that to me last night and they allowed me to relive my childhood with some of my favorites watching it. And it was a good energy. It was a really good energy. So shout out versus gets better. Just when I think like, mm, this is what else can they do? They surprised me. I'm very freaking impressed. This is the point. Um, real talk. I'm about to put my resume together and send it over to Swiss. Swiss, if you're listening, send my resume over because I want to see how I can contribute to the cause because I'm so impressed with what versus is doing. But nonetheless, so let me tell you, let me give you a rundown who was there. So them have conscience. You know, I, I like conscience. Nobody have to know say you and me Nobody have to know. I'm trying to be politically correct. But you know, baby, come take off your dress. Yo, that joint is one of my joints too. And that just reminds me of Tampa because, you know, certain music reminds you of where you were at when you, you know, first heard it or, you know, where you was really rocking to it. So, you know, out here in Florida, I mean, I have winter. 
the closest we probably get is like a good, you know, now I'm not going to lie and say we don't have, we don't have snow. We don't have like all like the four season full elements. The weather do drop like at nighttime, but when that sun, cause we down here on the equator. So when that sun come out is, you know, the daytime is good, but if it's cooler, it might drop down, you know, it ain't like, you know, you don't have to really put on a triple fat goose and a hat and gloves, you know, every now and then, cause you know how mother nature is. But for the most part, we don't really be having that. It's like summer for the, you know, 90% of the year. So when you're hearing nice reggae music on a Saturday or a Sunday, and you're driving around and you've got the palm trees, like, it's perfect. So that's what conscience reminds me of. He just reminds me of living in Tampa, living in Florida, and playing, you know, hearing his song come on, and you're just driving and blasting that joint. Like, ah, it's like 90 degrees in December. Nobody effing knows to me and you have Nobody effing, you know. So, yeah, he killed it. Then, um... You know, this escapes me, but shout out to the two DJs that were battling. It was like the elder versus the youth. That's all I can say about that. And I like the fact of the competitive, the competition It was such so much energy to watch the two DJs going back and forth and battling. That's what dubs. That's what it was like. That's what sting was. That was, you know what it was like, you know, the, the clashes, the sound clash, you know, they truly gave of nice sound clash. It was so hyped. Like, you know, when the, when the, um, the two sets are sound, you know, the two sounds are clashing the animation from the DJs and you don't have a hype man. So it was always like one who played the music. Well, in a lot of, back in the day, anyway, it would be at least three of them part of the set. You have one would play the music, and you might, all three of them might be DJs for the most part, but then you're going to have one with upon the mic that he's just talking that shit. You know what I'm saying? They're going to have, like, one up front. He's just either going to be, like, you know, just, like, the hype man, or he's going to be, like, the pretty boy getting the attention. Like, but it's, like, always, like, a trio. It might be more, but what I grew up on, you just seen him with the sounds, you know? So, but tonight, or, excuse me, last night, it was... Just to, you know, one, they had a crew with them, yes. But like performing, it was just the DJ. But the DJ was the DJ, the sound man, the hype man, everything, yo, in one. You hear me? So if I had to say that, you know, if that was a battle, we had to say who won the sound clash battle, I have to give it to the youth. But the elder was not far behind because everything he put on was classic. Everything he put on was ah, rhythm, you know. But then the youth come in with the new shit. He came with a little juggle beats and, you know what I'm saying? And he did them little blends and stuff. And he was just a showman. Like, he's coming up to the crowd, like, up front on the stage. Like, yo, what's going on? Like, he had me hyped. Like, for a moment, there, I thought he was about to rap or he was about to start singing or, you know, chatting or whatever. Because I'm like, is this a DJ? He can't be the DJ. He too hyped for the DJ. But the DJs killed it. They had a little mini sound clash there, guys. Amazing. Then... We had um, a few more people come out. They had TJ come out. Wyclef hosted it. Oh, my God. First of all, let me backtrack and say big up and respect to Wyclef Sean because he did his thing. You know, he is an icon within his own right. And honestly, Wyclef Sean deserves a versus icon. Let's be real. He's so talented and great. And he's done so much production, great production for so many different artists from the different genres. But when it comes down to the Caribbean genre, that is true and near and dear to his, that man's heart. And you can tell it. And I love it. And he's such a down to earth person, you know, from Fuji Booger Basement days all the way up to White Club Jean that you see today, yo. But I've been grateful to interact with him several times throughout my, um, music career you know as far as like 
opened up a show or performed somewhere or just in a cipher real quick in the studio. And every time, definitely consistent, never been different, ever always been cooling down to earth. But besides that, that's just a personal side note of like how much I respect him and want to give Wyclef his flowers. But in addition to that, yo, Wyclef pull out some dub plate, man, some classicness, yo, that you you just got to be a part of the culture. And you know, I'm not, let me take that back. You don't have to be a part of the culture to appreciate it. He played dub plates by Whitney Houston. That just, if anyone knows me, knows that Whitney Houston, you know how some people love Aaliyah, like just unconditionally and just have this, like, I see like a lot of the generation under me, they just had this love for Aaliyah. I guess I'm like that with Whitney. I grew up on Whitney. You know, she was always like a tall, skinny girl. I was always a tall, skinny girl. You know, I wanted to sing, but then I ultimately ended up rapping. You know, I used to sing in a choir, etc. And a lot of the stuff that I did is because Whitney Houston did it as a girl. I'm going to do it. Like, I loved Whitney Houston. Like, I stayed up all day at her funeral, watched the CNN funeral. You, could, you couldn't tell me I was not there in Jersey at the funeral and mourning a cousin or auntie that passed. You know what I'm saying? You couldn't tell me the auntie, my auntie ain't passed. But um, the dub play he did for Whitney sent me there last night. I'm like, oh, my God. This is, I got goosebumps all over. Crazy. Then he did a dub play for Willie Nelson. Oh, my God. Crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, Wyclef is like a national treasure that needs to be protected at all costs because he is super talented. And he did such an amazing job being able to shine and let other artists shine because half of them artists up there like if you're not really into culture you'll probably be like who is that i don't know until you hit a song maybe and if you're not really into reggae music you might have you start you, you know you might still be lost but um white club did a great job highlighting the artists allowing each artist to shine and each artist to own the stage okay which brings me to um you know, I'm, I'm trying to run down the list. It was so much or whatever. And I also want to talk about how some of the ones that stick out to me kind of, you know, it was such an amazing night for me. See, if you can hear, I'm still excited, you know, this morning because it was such an amazing night to watch. I wish I was there, real talk. Like, it's going to be to the point that I don't know because the world is opening up. We back outside. So I might have to see about the next one and end up at Barkley. Like, you know what I'm saying? Hit up my folk up there and me and Colossal. We might have to go to Barclay Center and sit in on the next Versus weekend because them joints, ugh, I'm, I'm kind of mad I was not there for this one, but I'm happy I experienced it. So, speaking of legends, the one Barrington Levy. Whew. And this is who I'm going to highlight on this episode because he is a national treasure. He, too is a national treasure that needs to be protected at all costs in this reggae music industry or in this music industry, period. He's a legend. He's an icon. He's an elder. Respect. Respect to Barrington Levy. Yo, first of all, he came out last night looking like the true Brooklyn Jamaican dad. Like, I don't know. He just reminded me of my my dad. Shout out to Papa Joe. Papa Joe will come. And like, if he coming to coming through to see you, he got on his you know, navy blue New York Yankee hat. That's his thing. His New York Yankee hat, his like rugby, his jeans, his sneakers. He loves, you know, the fly sneakers or whatever. And he's just a very chill dude. Like if you see him, very consistent, very Brooklyn, you know, nice and neat, clean. And to see Baron Talevi come out like kind of the same attire, but shout out to Baron Talevi. He had on them 
fly as Gucci sneakers. I peeped you. I peeped you. But um, his whole, you know, he just reminded me of Papa Joe. And I was like, ah, I got hype over that. Then he did every, like, first of all, you know how you can tell when an artist is really, truly an artist? Because you going to know their shit. It's almost like hypnosis. You may think, like, say, if you're sitting here thinking, like, well, what Barrington Levy song do I know or do I even like, right? You'll sit there and have to think about it. But when that man got on the stage and started hitting him notes, I was like, uh, no, but before he even did that, just his voice, he has such a unique voice in reggae. When he started to just sing a couple of notes, I said, oh, I need to hear this. So he did a couple of notes and he was like, do y'all want me to leave now? The crowd is like, what? No, you got to do, you know, so he's hit the note. And he was like, okay, I hit the note. Y'all want me to leave now? The crowd was like, no. And then he started singing his hits, just going through them, going through them. Then he stopped like, y'all want me to leave now? The crowd is like, no. So he hits a couple of more notes. Extra broad. The crowd starts singing with him. I'm in the house. My voice is a little raspy because I, too, was singing with Barrington Levy at the top of my lungs last night okay such a great such a great energy and it also kind of just revitalized the energy in me because um i'm gonna be honest i have not been on a stage performing live since 2019 and um it's long overdue so yeah like i said i'm back outside if you want to book me holla at me you know what i'm saying don't be scared i don't bite i just rhyme on mics but um you know what i'm saying so when you are used to doing something pretty consistently and then you know life shakes you up and then you can't and that was because of the quarantine and the obvious year we had and then me personally I'm not like everyone else I may be a little extra more on the cautious side so it's taken me a little bit longer still to say hey I'm fully gonna hang out and fully gonna you know and, and that's just me you know what I'm saying but I'm working on I'm working on we back outside so we we get in there but at the same time you know we still had to be cautious because you know we just don't know and I just was taking I was airing on the side of caution last year so you know a lot of people were still doing things but you know every time I would get comfortable like all right let's go then you see somebody you know something happening something crazy somebody dying and so that's what you know had me mentally in a weird place right as far as going out and performing since the quarantine hit but I'm ready to go back out and I think one of the things that also motivated me on that is watching verses last night watching Barrington Levy come out there and kill it and just command that stage and he reminded me of who taught me they did they did the legends you know what I'm saying taught me how to command the stage like if you ever any of y'all ever watched uh, reggae sunsplash show and i'm pretty sure by now on this on because i've seen a couple of them a couple of years you know they have like them every year and you would see them on but the classic ones are from the days of old honestly but if you go up there you can see what i'm talking about it's like a four or five day festival in jamaica and they have different artists and i'm talking about artists be performing all night so let me so from like six and the morning to six and the morning people on the stage you know what i'm saying so it's like i love that and really and really and truly like the tapes wouldn't be like the whole four or five tape you know days or whatever but that joint would be like from tape end to tape begin you know to from tape begin to tape end and you'd be having like a three-hour tape and he got like three of them you know what i'm saying it's like 
hours of footage and you don't have everything because, you know, of course, they cut out some of the smaller stuff or they cut out some of the things that ain't, you know, ha- like maybe some, you know, the local performances or the, you know, underperformances, underdog performances. I don't know, but the highlight, the main big ones, and I'm telling you, it still be like about three, four tapes worth of footage back in the days. And just watching it and watching the band, watching how, because that's one thing about like Sunsplash in particular. I remember the Sagittarius band. Shout out to the Sagittarius band. Google them. Look up, just Google Reggae Sunsplash and Sagittarius band. Yo, ever since Little and I saw this band, I always wanted to rock with a band. Reason being, because these dudes control, like, it's not even like a control thing. It's like, they... They, the leader and the the band leader and just the band overall did a great job of following whatever artist they were backing that you thought that they were their their band, you know? And I for the most part, I want to say the Sagittarius band was like the house band for Sunsplash. So this is the band that's going to basically play for everybody unless, you know, the artist comes with, you know, a particular writer that they need a different band or just a DJ or something else. But for the most part, if, you, if they, they don't know your song. They're going to know your rhythm. They're going to know what you're popular for. And they're going to play that joint like they were in the studio with you. So, and then the thing about it is the chemistry between the Sagittarius band and some of the best performers, and honestly, even some of the worst performers at Sunsplash, was the at the connectivity. They just meshed. You know what I'm saying? It was, You didn't have to say like, hey, 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 bring it down, bring it down, bring it down. You just make a signal and that should go doom, 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 doom. Don't anybody bring it down low, bring it down low. Now smooth it out, smooth it out. Anybody don't. And that's just be going like, and they'll bring it back up. So he'll be like whispering low, like some, like only thing I could think of is like, um, Ying Yang Twins with the whisper song. So like, it'll be like that. Like they'll bring the beat down low. Then the reggae artist will be whispering like, Kwan and I dance on me feel like Me no one no man, my feet come test me. Everybody know what. And you know who does that? Busta. You know what I'm saying? But who is also Jamaican. Like that's part of the culture, the fabric. Like the, the getting the cry, the crowd hype and bringing them down low and bringing them back up. And, you know, and that band is amazing when it comes to that and just like following the lead and the cue of the artist, which also just sends the crowd into a fucking frenzy. Oh man. Oh man. So shout out to, you know, they didn't have the Sagittarius band there last night, but shout out to Barrington Levy because he brought all of that flooding back for me. And what I loved about it was he looked like a father, like, you know, he just gave me father vibes. You know, he didn't really give me old school pimp vibes. Like, if you looked at Byron Talibi back in the day, he was suited up. Like, he was clean to go always or whatever. So, I'm not going to say he was, like, gave you the pimp vibes. But he gave you, like, distinguished gentlemen for the ladies vibe. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's all about the ladies. All about the young ladies, maybe. Like, you know, I'm going to be a sugar daddy type of thing. But he always gave you that vibe, right? But, um... Last night, he was, like, so cool. He's got on his shirt, his gear. He was just chilling, his little fitted on. I was like, yo, I need to see more of Barrington Levy. Instantly started following him on Instagram. Instantly, like, you know, recorded some footage and posted it because he made my night. So, and it's so crazy because um, younger, you know, we would hear all these songs. Like like I told you, a lot of stuff we would get on 
videotape. In addition to videotape, I had another uncle who was younger than my uncle that would go traveling and on tour at Shinehead. He was just like the B-boy, but the Jamaican B-boy, I guess. Like he wore Adidas with the fat laces and he was into run DMC and into rap, but he was also into his culture, right? His, he was Jamaican. And these are like the variations of the Jamaican New Yorks that grew up, that I grew up around. He's like, this is my family, you know? So he's like official B-boy, him and my cousin, who's also his age. So yeah, I'd say he was my uncle too, right? So these two, they would go to like, they lived in um, the suburbs, but they would go into like the city and they would buy uh, mixtapes. You know, they would buy like K Capri mixtapes, whoever mixtapes was popping at the time. But then they would also buy the reggae mixtapes, which would be just like the same thing as a mixtape. But, you know, it's like maybe one side just like 10 minutes of a one beat playing and got the different artists, like the DJs bringing in different songs on it or whatever, or different artists that kicked, you know, that did a version of the song or a version or a song to that beat or whatever, like to the dub plate. And that's how, you know, learned about the spitting, the lyricalness, the cadence, the riding of the beats, the playing with the beats, you know? So I've come to the conclusion recently because like a lot of people would ask me over the last couple of years, as far as myself personally with music, like, well, how would you classify your music? You know, like I would get put when I say when Spotify would put me in playlist or anyone of the streaming platforms or DJs, etc would put me in certain playlists is always like international hip-hop and I would be like but I'm here in the Bronx or I'm here in Virginia Beach or I'm here in Tampa you know how did I end up on the international charts ever since like I mean ever since I I did um a whole album with Prince Z shout out to Prince Z out of Austria and that was one of my first um big releases and I was young like when I did that when I say young I was like well I don't want to give you all my age but early 20s <laughs> I'll put it like that you know and um yeah so he was like yeah I went to this project blah 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 I did all this you know music for him sent it over there and really and truly like you know when you're emailing stuff you're just like okay you're emailing it you don't think it's gonna um you know like it's gonna I don't know, you just, I don't know, especially when email and stuff like that first started, you just didn't really feel like it was that big of a deal. But then afterwards, like everything went down a couple of months later, I'm getting boxes of CDs and magazines and, and I'm like, wow, okay, you know. So I know that from early out, a lot of people thought that I was foreign and then my name, Gongoli, like, like what the fuck is that, right? So I know that a lot of people thought that I came from the foreign side trying to break into America. Honestly, I still feel like some people think that because I know DJs from the Bronx and Brooklyn and they'll put me like on their international playlist or, you know, alternative rap playlist versus just like hip hop or rap or whatever. And I'm like, well, God damn it. I do rap and this is hip hop. I thought, but, um, I think it's because I do do a lot of work with international artists, which I love and I'm very proud of it. And I got some more stuff dropping for you guys this winter that I'm so excited about. Comment allez-vous? Bonsoir to my family out there. La fille tragi. I've been working on some stuff, some French. Sorry guys. So anyway, check that up. But I was trying to say la La famille, travi. My family's working. That's basically what that was saying. I know I jacked it up. I know they're probably laughing at me like she's trying. But anyway, so um, yeah, you know that's something that even when I was like a youth, 
you know, I would watch Reggae Sun Splash and Sting and all these um, sound clashes that my uncle would bring to the house. And that was my first time seeing Japanese artists doing reggae, you know. And they're doing it in Japanese. They're not saying nothing in English or even remotely. But they sound weirdly Jamaican. But they're Japanese. Like, they're kicking it. Like, boom. You see the Japanese girls with their fishnets on and they pasta pasta. Just looking like Cardi B's birthday party. Shout out to Cardi B because that's another thing. This has been a really good week for reggae here. But, you know, and just Caribbean culture at large. And I'm just so happy to see my peoples embracing the Caribbean side. You know what I'm saying? Because I've always been about that for the longest. And people used to always be like, you're a Jafakian. And I'm like, yo, I know, like, um... I'm very private when it comes to my family. So people will be like confused. They'll think like music guys are my real brothers, but they don't really know who my real brothers are. And that's perfect because I don't need, I don't need y'all to know if he needs to run up on y'all. <laughs> I'm just saying we're not like that, but I'm just saying that's perfect. I keep my family private. Same thing with my mom. Like I post pictures with my mom, but not like that just because I try to keep things private. And just because even though I, I know I have a lot of positive energy and positive vibes around me. You just never know. So sometimes I keep things a little bit more personal and private, right? But um, I think um, with me, what I'm trying to say with that is that um, it's been in me the whole time, you know? And I think I was confused because, you know, sometimes you're looking outward for the answers and the answers are in, within, right? So I'm looking out like, well, why am I always on international stuff? Why does no one... And, you know, like around here, want to work with me or rock with me. Even though, don't get me wrong, I've been getting a lot of collabs lately. I'm working a lot of stuff now. Shout out to everybody. I know who y'all are. And we in the, we on the East Coast with it. But what I'm saying is it's just been like, hmm, why? You know, I don't get that type of, you know, maybe respect or acknowledgement, etc. But I think it is because that my music is just completely, it, it's right. Like I'm not 100% you know, in that box of hip hop, boom, bap, even though ironically Jamaican people started the culture. So my people started this whole thing. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to take the credit from me, but you know, my culture started it. Yeah. So, um, it's always been that wordplay and that different and variety. And like some people would dress up into characters to come perform. Some people would just come out, you know, in a jeans and sneakers and, you know, but it was all about the showmanship and the performance and, you know, just bringing your, your uniqueness to the show. And I know growing up watching a lot of reggae shows that was instilled in me, you know what I'm saying? And then just being in a very diverse family like mine's, it was instilled in me. Like, you know, I have family, I have cousins that look straight Asian but they're Jamaican and they talk Jamaican. Like they talk straight up Jamaican. They live in DC. Actually. One of my cousins is a lawyer out there. And if you probably see her, you probably think she's like a little Asian girl until she started talking. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And you know, when they would come see, like when we little kids and they would come see us, they would be like, yo, who's them Chinese kids you playing with? And I used to be mad. Like they ain't Chinese, they Jamaican. You know what I'm saying? But they, you know, their mom is of Asian descent and then their father was my uncle. So there you go. Right. So, um, it's always seen diversity. And then, um, my family would travel to England. They would travel to, you know, um, Honduras, Belize, where my grandfather was from. Um, we would go to Canada. Like, so summer for me, because we grew up in the Bronx and we had to deal with the Bronx from September to June. And my mom was a single mother and she had an aging 
grandmother that she was taking care of as well. Even though my grandmother was strong to the end and she more so took care of us, I think. But you know what I'm saying? There's a lot on my mom. So when summertime came, she was us up. Like she said, my brother, you know, to my grandparents in Long Island, you know, she'll send me to Jamaica and the next year she'll switch. She'll send, you know, me to Canada, send him to Jamaica, you know, just to give us an experience that she knows and grew up on and to give us something different from just being like, you know, don't get me wrong. I love summertime in the Bronx, you know what I'm saying? Especially when we became older, it was the shit. However, you know, a kid, you can get into shit, period. It's right now you can get into stuff anywhere, not just the Bronx. But back then she felt like to protect us, she was, she'd rather send us away. And she'd bust ass all year for these plane tickets and a barrel. <laughs> My mom would send me in a barrel. I was like, damn, I guess this is her way of making sure they send me back. <laughs> like I sent a barrel. And so she would be working on this barrel for like, she would get it like maybe the day after Christmas, you know, it was always like around them times. And you see like the people just wheeling this. And, and when I say barrel, like you have to look it up, like go online and type in like shipping barrel to Jamaica and you'll see what I'm talking about. And it kind of looked like big ass barrels were still, you know, steel tops or whatever. And then you could write on it. Like you could write your whole address on it and then people might come up and pick it up. And I don't know if they still do this, but back in the days they would come to the house and pick it up. And then, you know, I would show up in Jamaica and the barrel would be there with me at at the airport and then or then they would act it would actually be at the house and then like say the but it would always arrive the same day I arrive. And then my cousin was like, Oh so we was waiting for you because we see the barrel come so we know so you was coming right behind it. And so and it was almost like Christmas time, you know, because I would be there with them when they would get the barrel. And I'm like going through it. I'm telling them, you know, oh, oh yeah and um and my cousins, we were kind of like the same size, et cetera, growing up. So my, I call her granny, but she was actually my great, my, um, grand aunt. So that was my grandmother's brother's wife. So my grand auntie, so he was my grand uncle. So I call him granny, you know, I called him uncle Nigel and I called her, you know, granny G because the kids were calling her granny. So, um, granny would be on packing the barrel and we in there and I'm, you know, she pulling out stuff and I'm telling all the stories like, Oh, my mom got that on Ford and Road because we went up there because you said that you wanted shoes for, you know, Paula and Jesse. So we went up to, up to Ford and Road and I went to Buster Brown and I tried the shoes on for them and I'm telling the story hype, you know, like a little kid telling what stuff. And so those were fun times, fun times. And it just made me realize like, yeah, I am a little different. Like I, you know, I have to, I appreciate that. Now I guess back then, because you know, as kids and just being younger and just the way society would have you feeling, you, you'll put all your, yourself aside everything that's true to you, you can end up putting that aside to fit in, you know? And I'm ashamed to say, I think I, I've done that. I'm ashamed to say it, Lord, but I've done that. You know, you like put pieces of yourself away because you don't think people will understand it. You know, like, um, I remember back in the day when my granny would cook like, you know, just regular stewed chicken and rice and peas or oxtail. And then the biggest thing was like curry goat. Like she'll make a curry goat or whatever. And then like one of my American friends would come over and be like, it smells good in here. What is, what's your grandma making? And then we'd be like, oh, it's curry goat. We ain't thinking nothing of it. We're Jamaican. This is what we eat. And they'll be like, goat, you eat a goat, a billy goat, man. Like, you know, making a whole big thing. And then it's like that kind of, as a kid, you kind of start to do something to you. Like, wait a minute, this is, instead of being proud and being like, yo, this is my fucking culture. Fuck you, bitch, with your fried chicken and free cheese. But okay, 
<laughs> but I digress. So instead of being like that, I took it a little bit more like, well, what's wrong with curry goat? I, you know, and then you start becoming a little mindful of what you say to people or whatever. And then when I went to Virginia, I felt less, I felt far removed from my culture because in New York once you leave your house you're dealing with New York culture you know but when I come back home it was a hundred percent Jamaican tranquility in the home and if you know Jamaican people you know they tranquil the whole time because my people them loud them loud and talk loud and yell and yell and loud (laughs) so but it's just a security of home and it's like you know you know granny cooking like and when you get older and especially like you know my granny ain't here rest in peace and you know my mom lives in west palm beach so i'm able to see her but you know it's different you know just having like the different things like your granny cooking and coming home from school and video music box and you know dj doo-wop downstairs djing and you know just the, the classic things that made you the nostalgia that made you like this is the life you know so but it all it all played a part and who I am, you know what I'm saying? And I used to be like, I'm so different. I'm trying my best. I, I, yo, I used to really try fucking hard to fit in and be as American, I guess, as possible to the point that I look fucking crazy, if that makes any sense, you know? Not realizing that me being different is what made me great. I wanted to be like everyone else so bad, you know? And um, watching this show last night, watching um verses made me be proud to be Jamaican. It made me proud to be different, you know? And it made me be proud to be part of a unique, diverse group of people who are proud people. Like um, you know, they say they the saying for Jamaica is, and I might be butchering it, so you know how I do, so forgive me in advance. But it's something to the effect of out of many come one, you know, because just like with every other island, every other country, America included, it was a, you know, certain set of people or tribe that lived there. And then they were, you know, basically invaded by everyone else, you know? So that's why you have Asian descent there. You have Portuguese descent. My great grandmother was Portuguese and black, you know, and like her father was a white man from Portugal. Um, you know, so, but they were Jamaican. Bob Marley has a similar background. His father is, if I'm not mistaken, Irish or something. And his mother is Jamaican girl. Same type of thing. Same type of setups, you know. So it's a diverse place. So out of many come one. And it makes you unique when you really can't say, you know, I'm only this or I'm only that. You know, that makes you unique because you're a little bit of everything, you know. But growing up, it can make you feel like, uh you know, because like some people might not understand your uniqueness. Some people might not understand your differences. So, you know, it'll make you question it. But I can say that was, you know, just growing pains. I am over that now. And I am completely proud to be a Jamaican woman living in America. Okay. But at the same time, I'm even more proud to be an entertainer. You know what I'm saying? And it just made me, it just put the battery back in me last night watching that show. And it made me say, yo, I just aspire and pray and ask the Father God above, the the forces that be, the energy, the higher callings, the ancestors to hear me. And if I can just get a third of the energy like Barrington Levy 
and the vocals and the just clarity sounding like the record at his age on stage when it's my turn i'm gonna be ready you know what i'm saying i'm gonna just do my part so i can stay ready so i ain't got to get ready but that's what that did to me last night oh my god and yes i am definitely looking forward to the um chaos when big daddy kane joint do i have a favorite in the race no why because i'm from the bronx so that you know a lot of people automatically thinks i should default to chaos one but i'm also was in brooklyn at them parties and big daddy kane and a new scoob and scrap lover like yo we used to like do dance routines with them and stuff when we was in high school so yeah it's a tough one for me. Like, you know what I'm saying? I got history on both sides of the fence. You know what I'm saying? Like, Norfolk State University, um, KRS-One had a show. He was like, who did they could rap? Who did they could battle? Pulled me on stage because the whole crowd around me was pointing at me, and I didn't know it. And he just had a security grab me, pulled me on stage, and he pulled a dude from Harlem up on stage from the other side. And this is like homecoming, Norfolk State years ago and he pulls me on the stage and he's like yo can you battle so i was like yeah he's like what's your name i'm like you know colleen but everybody call me big lee so they're like ah big lee you know my friends in the crowd and then they go over to the other dude and he's like what's your name dude grabbed the mic and just started spitting like yo yo one two one two yo 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 so then chaos one turns to me and this is like real facts like you could hit up anyone from the era anyone from the era this is true facts i'm talking here true shit because after this chaos one used to call me like in the dorm rooms like yo ganga you need to come to the bronx you need to come back home but i was trying to do the school thing but i digress about that but anyway he goes i'm having a moment guys i'm getting hyped so he's up there and he's like the dude's rapping, the crowd, I'm talking about crowd, you know what I'm saying? Crowd's going crazy. This is homecoming, but it's also, you know, the town event, like chaos. One is here, so everyone from other schools, other people, it's a big crowd. And the dude is rhyming. He's spitting. He's going in. And he's from Harlem. So it was like, they, you know, did he even, you know, give me an opportunity to, you know, rep my Bronx, rep the BX, rep Jamaica, nothing. He just went in. So chaos one turned to me and he was like, yo, he's good. Do you think, you know, you, you think you got it? Cause he's looking at me like this little innocent little girl. She don't look like she could do much. This dude looked like he sell drugs on the block. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so he was done. He gave me the mic. When I say slaughter and I'm not bullshitting you, slaughter was the understatement the crowd like because for example people that knew me knew i could spit you know i would battle niggas i would battle chicks on campus off campus at different shows so i would pay, shit i would pay my rent doing battles you know what i'm saying so that was like my job like people were like you need to get a job okay ma i'm battling niggas at three o'clock and four o'clock so we're gonna see how that turn out and then i'll put in an application but um so that's how i was in college and so when I was done, you know what I'm saying, I killed the joint, the crowd, like, even the dude that was battling me, like, his people apparently was on the other side of the stage, and they, like, going off for him, going off for him. When I started spitting, they going off for me, like, oh, shit, oh, shit, you know what I'm saying? So then Chaos One was, like, eyes open, mouth open, like, yo, I didn't even think Shorty was going to come like that. And so I'm getting ready to walk down off the stage. And he's like, nah, 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 nah. Take her to the back. Take her to the back. And the crowd's like, yeah. So after that, you know, we exchanged numbers and everything. And he was he was said at the time, you know, this is just telling you my history. He said at the time that he was working on developing artists, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, yo, I could, you know, on some puffy shit, I could take the train up every weekend, take the Greyhound. Back then they had... um. U.S. airway flights for college kids, like $75 round trip 
from Norfolk to LaGuardia Airport or something like that. So I was like, yo, I could I could be up there. Like, let's do it. You know, and then he just got busy and then things just went, you know, I just had school and faded back into schoolwork, et cetera. And then um, he just like went overseas after that. But um, yeah, so nothing really manifested from it. But then he came back a couple of years later. I didn't get on stage with him perform, but I didn't even see the performance. It was like I went like, oh, damn, I missed it. But I'm like looking because I was like, I know if he see me, he'll know who I am type of thing. So I'm looking like one way for him. And I heard Big Lee. And I look around and it was KRS-One. And he was in the middle of an interview. He had some people interviewing him. And he was like, wait, wait, give me a second. And he was like, yo, you stand right here. And then I, you know, basically hopped in there with him. He finished his interview. And he's like, yo, what's up, man? And I will say. He has given me some words of wisdom, some really, really deep words of wisdom. Like he looked at me, he was like, yo, you are meant to do big things. Like, you know, so it's a tough race for me. It's a tough thing because in one part, chaos win is like a, my unorthodox hip hop godfather. You know what I'm saying? He's given me advice. He's given me, you know, some spiritual guidance when I was a youth, you know what I'm saying? A youth trying to do this thing. And a lot of stuff that he has told me has carried me through, you know? And so I already know that I would love to see him again and be like, yo, I don't even know if you remember, but he's, you know, it's been years, but yeah, I think I left a lasting impression enough to the point that maybe he would remember. But because of that, I got love for KRS-One rooting for KRS one, but I don't know because I'm just sitting here thinking like, how are we judging this? You know what I'm saying? If we just giving the two legends respect, then yeah, KRS one's talking ish. Cause he was at the show last night going off. So I don't know. Are they battling or is it just like a trip down memory lane? If they battling and we have to go taste for taste. Now, you know, KRS one has the knowledge. He, it reigns supreme over nearly everyone. So he's going to drop the knowledge. You know what I'm saying? He's going to even give you the wordplay. He's going to give you the edutainment. He's going to give you all of that. He's going to give you the police brutality awareness. He's going to give you that. You know, but how does that match up against Big Daddy Kane's Warm It Up Kane? Warm It Up Kane, I would go crazy in the fucking club. You know what I'm saying? Or a party, whatever. In the living room, at the house, whatever. Warm It Up Kane, ain't no half-stepping. Smooth operator. Oh, my gosh. You know what I'm saying? But then I'm like, are they doing collaborations? Are they going to bring out, like, you know, collaborations with other artists? So, We'll just have to see tonight. So I'm not putting, you heard it here first from me. I am not on either side. I'm total Switzerland in this one because I have mutual love and respect for both of them. And I have mutual history on both sides of the fence, you know, as far as that helped develop me as an artist and just put the character in me that, you know, the stuff that I'm still stand by today, like, yo, people could say, like, you know, I was telling you earlier, like, you know, people might say I'm an international rapper or I'm an alternative rapper because of, you know, where I get my production from, which is 90% foreign, you know, art producers, which I love my French beat makers. I love my Italian beat makers. I love, you know, my English, my guys from the UK and they, you know, they're musicians, you know, they're serious about it and they keep me on my toes and I respect that and I appreciate that. And I just appreciate the grit and the honesty. And I think that comes also to play because things get lost in translation. So you don't really have time to fluff and be like BSing someone. It's like, look, Ganga, 
we need this. <laughs> or look, dude, I need that. And it's like, and it's always love. It's never even no like, it's always love. So I, I love them. But, um, you know, so even though people want to put me in an international hip hop category, and I would definitely take that. I'm not shunning my, my peoples or my, my, my genre at all. I am hip hop not only from the Bronx, Jamaican, and had KRS-One guiding school me, you know, opened up for so many different people. The list goes on. The list goes on. You know, saying interned at Timberland Studio. The list goes on, you know, of stuff that I've done. And I think um, I'm from the, the era where you don't really brag and you don't really tell people what you're doing. Instead, you just show people what you're doing. And then I'm also learning that with this new era, you do have to show people what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Like it's one thing to have all the great memories. And I, like, if you were to come here, I could show you some shit, pull some shit out the damn attic. You'd be like, get the fuck out of here. What? I'll probably, so I've showed, not saying probably, I even showed people some stuff, you know, and they're like, Oh my God, I didn't even know that was you. I knew you all these years and I did not know that was you. Yeah. Well, you know, that's what we do. But, um, I think, I like that part, and I think I still will kind of still be private like that. But then on the other side, I know I have to be a little bit more outgoing and a little bit more, wow. And I think that versus last night put that battery in my back. You know what I'm saying? So you saw I was like, honestly, I had so many things, and I have a list of things. I really have, like, a list sitting in front of me right now of topics that I am going to record, actually, probably today for you guys, you know what I'm saying, and just push them out in the next couple of days here. However, I skipped over that list and came to Barrington Levy and his verses last night because, once again, it's just showing me a time, you know, standing the test of time is the best thing any of us could do, you know. Living for the now is definitely good, but you want to live for the now with an intent for the future. Like every song that Barrington Levy did last night, even if he didn't do the song completely all the way through, right? He just did like, okay, gave you a little verse here, a little hook, hit a little note, but gave you the nostalgia of the song. It just touched the people. Like it touched me and brought me back immediately to a time when, oh, I loved it. You know what I'm saying? And I still love the music, but it just touched me. And it just reminded me as an artist, Ganga, this is what classic music sound like. Don't matter what genre it is. It doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman, their age. This is what classic music sound like. If Barrington Levy made only music for the times, which let's face it, the 80s and the 90s was weird. Crack era. So I digress. <laughs> but um, if he would have made music just for that time, you know, of course it would be dated and of course it wouldn't have lasted. And there's artists that are, you know, Caribbean that did make music just for that time. And you don't really hear those songs right now because of that, you know? And some people are like, well, yeah, clean. Those are one hit wonders. True. But, um, even one hit wonders, if you ever notice with time, they become a classic, you know, because it's a one hit wonder for a reason. Let's look at that real quick. Just to go over there, a one hit wonder had a hit, one big hit that superseded all. Now, it doesn't mean that they did not have other songs. It doesn't mean that they didn't have an album. 
It doesn't mean they didn't put out a single or go on tour with any other artists before. It just means that this one song was their biggest song in the span of their career, and this is the song that people know them by. Some people now have that one hit. It comes out, it goes big, and they're never able to duplicate it. Some people been putting out hit after hit after hit, well, excuse me, song after song after song with no success. Then they hit that one song, it peaks, it goes all around the world, and then they can't, they can't duplicate the success. So that's a one-hit wonder. But then now you take that song that we say, oh, it's, and you're like, okay, it's 1988, and he had a really, hit, a really good song. Now it's 1998, and we don't even know who this guy is. We never heard of him. This new generation never heard of him. That song is good, but that's the only song he has, and it's no longer a hit, right? Now we go 20 years later, or maybe even 30 years later, right? And that same song from 1988, that was a one-hit wonder, they play it for some nostalgic reasoning, and you're like, oh, I remember that song from 88, yo, ah, I was, and it brings you back to when you were a kid or it brings back your mom's, you know, memory for your parents, whatever, right? And now it becomes a classic because of the feeling it ignited in someone or the memory it provoked in someone from that time frame. So to me, it's really tricky. So that's another thing why I always say, my granny used to say it to me and I didn't understand what she was talking about, but I get it now. Time will always change things. Ah, you thought I was going to say time will always tell or time will always heal, right? Those are definitely parts of, of a phrase of similar meaning in my opinion, but it all means the same thing. With time, you can look at something differently, right? With time, something that you loved, you might not love anymore. Something that you didn't love, you might come to like, you know? With time, you can learn about yourself and and develop and grow from that, right? And with time, a one-hit wonder song can become a classic, because the perception has changed. That's ultimately what I'm trying to say here. With time, your perception of the experience may change and cause you to appreciate it differently or view it differently, right? So with that being said, um, yeah, Barrington Levy was always liked, in my opinion, a, a, a legend, even back then. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how old he is, but, you know, I'm young to them. They're you know, I was always young to them. So to me, they always seem like older, like the elders, etc. But um, yeah, definite legend. Definitely got me hype. Now, with that being said, I love Supercat. And I'm not trying to even make this about him, even though he was the highlight of the show. But to speak about what I was saying a minute ago about time, you know, um, I would, maybe I just expected a little bit more. I'll just put it like that. He came out hype. I was hype. He came out with the pinstripe suit on. I was like, okay, okay, super cat, okay. But um, I don't know. I felt like after a while I was, you know, watching the 6 a.m. performance at a reggae sunsplash show where it's like that artist that comes on and is like, I'm not going to give my all because half these niggas asleep. It's 6 a.m., or more like the 3 a.m. or the 4 a.m. performance, you know, where it's like the crowd is still there, but are they, you know? So, um, I don't know. 
that's and it just ended abruptly so i don't know if like his performance i don't know if it was a technical difficulty or if something happened or whatever or maybe it was short for time and the broadcasting was ending i'm not sure but it just ended very abruptly so that left me a little confused and like huh at the end of the whole show because you know he was the headliner but um just even with Supercat, it was good to see a legend out there doing his thing you know but um I don't know. I think I think Barrington Levy needs a versus icon. If anyone out there listening to me, and where can I send my resume? Sheesh, versus y'all getting me hype. I want to be fully invested now, Swiss. I want to be fully invested. I want to send you my resume, show you my credentials. Let's talk. But um, yeah, that's just me thinking out loud. But you know they say you gotta manifest it, right? So let me throw that out there. Ow. And I rap. I don't know. You know, you could you like wear many hats. You know, I produce. I engineer. I could wear many hats. Let me know. Let me know. But um, I just love it. I just loved it. I, oh man, that was that really touched me, and it really got me hyped. So you know, you know, every episode I gotta end it with a song, and I gave you too much, too many. Well, not you, but I gave so many flowers to Barrington Levy during this episode that you know I gotta play my favorite song for him which is an instant classic soon as it dropped like yo I don't even know what year it dropped honestly because like real talk right now and especially after last night I can almost guarantee you right now if you riding through the Bronx you riding through Brooklyn you know or if you just throw on iHeartRadio probably you're gonna hear some Barrington Levy you know what I'm saying? Sometime throughout today, today, present day, because his joints are timeless and classic. And he just put that battery in my back. Like, yeah, like I told you, I did a, a, um, a 180 with my project that I was working on. And so a lot of people was like, man, she full of shit. She said she had this coming out, that coming out. Yo, I could drop that for you right now, but I don't want to do that because that's not where I'm at if it makes any sense, right? So obvious is my segue. Like I told you, that's my pendulum track, which stands out, but it still is a segue into what we have coming up. So um, I'm excited about it because things like this, like watching the verses yesterday and um, even sharing this episode with you, letting you guys in a little bit on me and you know my youth and my childhood experiences today, it lets me know that I'm on the right track with these songs here that I'm working on, you know? So with that being said, I'm leaving this studio here, the podcast inside to go back into the recording studio to finish working on some stuff today because I have a couple of mixes I need to send out a couple of, um, paperwork thingy thing things I need to do. So I'm not done. Like I really don't have, I'll be tired. (laughs) I'll be really tired, but you know how they say when you're tired from something you do, are you tired at all? that type of thing, right? So that's how I feel. But um, this just got me so excited because it doesn't mean feel like I'm on the right track. And to see once again, because some people might have wanted to think that the bounty killer, you know what I'm saying, Beanie Man, that versus was a fluke and the numbers that they pulled in, they were the highest rated ones of last year. And a lot of people try to deny that. Not saying Swiss, not saying versus at all. I'm just talking about like media tried to not even highlight them when in fact they were at the top of the, they set the bar really high for the rest of the artists, you know, and some people would be like, oh, that's a fluke. The crazy thing I would say is they were in Jamaica, which Digicel, like Digicel would be like T-Mobile, I guess, over here, where they're providing the home internet and they're providing the cell phone services to the small island, you know? And if any of you know, like me, you know, like if you're, 
familiar with it, you'll bring your unlocked phone to the islands and swap out the SIM card and get you a digital SIM card and make your phone call them and go about your business. So you should be quite familiar with Digicel, right? And they held that shit down. Like there was not a blinking service. There wasn't a a delay. There wasn't a cutoff. There wasn't a bad sound. Like they, it was unreal that versus, right? And I just put Jamaica on the map. Now we're not going to talk about my sister, them come back and kill up the Olympics one, two, and three. We're not going to talk about that. You know what I'm saying? And then we're going to come back around and Cardi B went ahead and did the Pasa Pasa party for her birthday, just further highlighting the culture. So let me tell you, as I'm talking to you right now, I got goosebumps and chills because like I told you, coming from being a little girl that was almost like, you know, maybe bullied and maybe ashamed of it for being Jamaican to growing up to seeing so much pride in my small little island. Ugh, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel so good, you know, and it just makes me want to do my part to contribute to that as well, you know. So that way, my whole goal is for however it is that God has me going down in history, you know, be it talking, be it rapping. It's going to be something of the um, oral, oratorial um, category, I think, because I talk, I rap. I rap, I talk, I eat, you know, <laughs> so they all have things to do with that. So, but whatever it is that, um, however it is that God see fit for me to leave the legacy for my kids and for my family, I just want the people to remember that I'm a Jamaican American doing it, not no doing it for clout Jamaican either. You know what I'm saying? I grew up on, you know, porridge and dumpling, sawfish and ackee, curry chicken. I grew up on, um, the things I wouldn't even know about. Cow cod soup, stew peas, stew beef. You know what I'm saying? Um, the coconut drops them. Man, I could go on and on. Barrel them. Sending the barrel two times a year, go to Jamaica. And I told you one time a year, I went with the barrel. You know what I'm saying? There's always one for, you know, summertime. And then you get that next one for um the start. Like, really like the start of the year type of thing. End of the year for holiday type of thing, right? But, yeah, man. So... I'm just proud of that. And I'm proud that like each and every one of my cousins, my siblings, we all like, if you talk to a lot of us, a lot of us sound American. Some of them sound very European. Some of them don't even sound American because they don't live here. They live in Canada or England or wherever. And they have those accents respect respectively. But one thing I would say I'm grateful for is that each and every one of us, even though we're the new generation, we still carry on some part of the tradition of it. You know, like I have one cousin that she can cook. I mean, replicate my granny. When I would cook, bake and make all my granny them cake. That and my granny was like the wedding cake lady, you know, and the rum cake, the Jamaican cake, like all of the cake, bun and cheese. She make them. Patty and cocoa bread, she make them, you know. So to see that, ugh. And to see that we still have our traditions in us and it's now our responsibility to pass it on to our next generation, you know? So I'm going to do my part. And I just ask that whatever, however God sees fit the legacy for me, you know, just include that I'm Jamaican in there. Just put a little byline in there. Like, yo, she's Jamaican. Don't let her accent fool you. Don't let the Bronx residency fool you. She's Jamaican first, you know? So I'm definitely proud of that. And last night made me truly proud of that. Yo, my, my parents um go to sleep early, but I'm here. Sending them WhatsApp like I'm in Jamaica and they in New York. Because, <laughs> you know, if you know Caribbean people, they don't, they'll have a nice top-notch cell provider, cell phone carrier, and they're using WhatsApp to text you their stuff, like pictures and movie and thing there. 
So I said, I'm going to get, I'm going to do like they do me all the time. I'm going to send them the um, stuff. So I filmed a little bit of Barrington Levy. Cause that's my mom and my dad favorite too. And I sent it their way. Like, yo, they're going to love this. Cause I know they're sleeping now, but when they wake up in the morning, they're going to love this. Sure enough, woke up and called like, which, which part was this? So this was part TV. Question after question after question. Like, Lord, why did I even send it? But I was like, yeah, you know, this happened last night. And I'm, and she's like, yo, it looked like it was nice. Him look good. Like she was loving it. So that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, I'm just happy to see that. And I'm just happy that my parents are in this, um, space and time to be able to see it as well, to see that their, their genre, their country is being loved and respected where it was a time and they used to tell them, go back to their country. They used to treat them and African people the same way. Go back to Jamaica. I remember one time my mom had to whip this lady ass in the hallway in the Bronx in the apartment building we lived in. Cause it was like two little kids were her, me and my little cousin at the time. And we're so little that she has us holding onto the shopping cart as she's pushing the groceries in. So she got two little girls, a shopping cart full of groceries, heavy as shit, you know, metal-ass shopping cart. If anyone's from New York, you know that shopping cart. is the laundry cart, is your shopping cart, is your fucking car, basically. So she's pulling the shopping cart up the steps, you know, like three or four steps, and then you pull up to the next step. So that when you pull up to the step, it's actually an intercom door, right? So you come into the door, you know what I'm saying, you either if you buzz yourself in or whatever, and you walk in, it was a lady in front of her, and she saw my mom struggling up the steps. And like soon as she got to the top part, she like let the door go and it just hit her like me that you like we all went back down the steps. You know what I'm saying? So my mom was like, What the fuck? And so she turned around. And my mom is not that type of lady. I think just seeing a lot of that too, like, you know, people being disrespectful because she had a, a thick accent, a thick Jamaican accent and whatever, you know, a lot of American people were abusive back to, um, back in the day, you know, verbally abusive, et cetera. So I think that kind of made me harsh too, as an adult, like and defensive, like I ain't trying to hear that shit because of stuff that I've experienced, you know, but this day my mom must have reached her breaking point because she told that lady the lady was like she was like yo you see me here with the kids and shit you couldn't hold it i think you're gonna hold the door for me and you're gonna do some shit like that whatever you know i'm not i don't remember verbatim but the lady was like i remember what she said verbatim because that spark mad is up she said you need to go back to jamaica where the fuck you came from or some shit or like you monkey or some shit my mom let me the cart and my cousin go. We went back down the goddamn steps. <laughs> she just flew up the step, like whipping her ass. So here I am. I'm bringing the card up with my little cousin. She crying. I'm pulling the ship, trying to make sure this lady ain't whipping my mama ass. I go up to the top. This, my mama is on this lady, whipping her. I know she probably would not want me telling this story in this day, but whatever. That was the days of old. But um, yeah, you know, and it was because of stuff like her accent you know, stuff like that. So, you know, people get their breaking points, but I'm just saying, I'm happy that it's come to a place now where culture is being appreciated cross culture to see the Haitians and the Guyanese and the Trinidadians and the Jamaicans and the Bahamians in the house together last night. Ugh, that was amazing. That was a freaking amazing. I loved it. I loved it. Loved it. Loved it. So I'm not going to hold you long because like I said, I have a whole list of stuff. So the way the energy is high right now, boom, we're going to keep it going. But for this episode here, I'm going to end it out with Barrington Levy, Here I Come, because you already know that's my joke. So just to sum up and give you that good rhythm for the nice Sunday, you're going to get it, all right? And you already know my motto, she can talk, clean your 
lovely hosts. If you ever, ever, ever want to reach out to me, feel free to do so. Hit me up on Instagram at Gongali MC. Hit me up on Instagram at Colleen Eat Wings. Or you can go over to the website at doerecords.com and just hit us up there at the contact tab. Hey, now you know my model, right? If you like it, tell a friend. If you don't like it, tell a friend. Either way, it don't hurt me. And also, comment, comment on the video. Tell me if you like it. If you don't like it, tell me too, because I can't grow and be better if I don't know, right? So hit me up, share it with a friend, tell a friend, comment and tell me, you know? So obvious is dropping. We got some more stuff coming for y'all. The holiday season's coming up and I'm just excited. So once again, spread love, love yourself. Take time out for yourself. Self-care Saturday, self-care Sunday. I don't care if it's a self-care Tuesday. Take time out for yourself. Love yourself because you can't love me if you don't love you. Okay? And you know what I say. You know my motto. If you like it, tell a friend. If you don't like it, tell a friend. But other than that, she can talk the podcast until next time. I love y'all. Y'all stay safe. All right? All right. Peace. Trouble, double, double. Trouble, double. So she didn't have a daughter, she did have a son She said the lift doesn't work, run up the stairs and come And if it don't come quick, you're not gonna know that son So I grab a bunch of rose and I started to run Here I come, Two months later, she said come and get your son Cause I don't want your baby to come Tie me down, not because you are old and I am young Yes, while I'm young, yes, I wanna have some fun Run me down, should live at the I'm broad, I'm broad, I'm broader than Broadway Yes, I'm broad, I'm broad, I'm broader than Broadway When you go to Volcano, it's like a stage show You have man that swing, DJ and blow Pull it down the journey, She did have a son She said the lift doesn't run Run up the stairs and come And if it don't come quick And I'm gonna see your son So I grab a bunch of rules And I started to run Here I come Two months later She said come and get your son Cause I don't want your baby to come Tie me down and cause you are old And I am young Just yes, while I'm young Yes I wanna have some fun Run me down Extra size, extra size, extra size than size way. Extra broad, extra broad, extra broader than Broadway. And the intercom rose, they tell me to come. That she didn't have a daughter, that she didn't have a son. Here I come. Here I Cause I'm broad, I'm broad, I'm broader than Broadway. Yes, I'm Run up the stairs and come Cause if you don't come quick you're not gonna see your son So I grab a bunch of